This morning's Bible reading comes from Revelation 21, uh, from verse 1 all the way to verse 4. Revelation 21, 1 to 4, and Michelle will be reading for us. Thank you, Michelle. Revelation 21, 1 to 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks, Michelle, for the Bible reading. Um, just to mention, uh, this morning our rector Royden is not with us. He is preaching at Christ Church in Okupila. Uh, today they are launching the new church. We thank God uh, for the opportunity uh, to start a church at Nokupila, so that's where he is this morning. So as I pray for us, uh, before we dig into God's word, I'll also be praying for Christ Church Nokupila, and I'll encourage you to continue to pray for Christ Church Nokupila, that God will use it to reach out to the souls in that area for his glory. Let's bow our heads and pray as we come to God's word. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are God. We thank you that you created us. We thank you that you redeemed us as you died on that cross for our sins. And Lord, we acknowledge that no one is here this morning on their own merit, but we are all here because of what you've done for us. You've brought us together as a family, people from different tongues, from different places, and yet in you we are brothers and sisters. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are the author of the church, that you are the head of the church. Even this morning as we launch Christ Church in Okupila, Lord, we thank you for that great opportunity to start a church at Nogupila. Lord, we pray for the team that is heading that church, that, Lord, you'll be with them, you'll encourage them, you'll strengthen them, you'll empower them. We pray for people who will be attending. We pray for every soul that will be coming through, that, Lord, your name will be glorified, that many souls will come to know you for who you are. And Lord, we pray for the same for us here this morning, that as we open your word, you will speak to us. Your Holy Spirit will be at work in our hearts and our minds. Help us to see you for who you are. And Lord, as your servant, I pray that the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable to you. O oh God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. If you know anything about the Bible, you will know that the first book of the Bible is Genesis, 
And the last book of the Bible is Revelation. Am I right? Great. The book of Genesis starts with the account of creation. So God is creating the whole world out of nothing just by him speaking. That's what we have in the first chapters of Genesis. The climax of creation is reached when God creates Adam and Eve. And then fast forward to the book of Revelation. John, who wrote the book of Revelation, was one of the 12 apostles of Jesus. In the book of Revelation, he's having a vision of the end time when Jesus will come for the second time, ushering a new creation, new heaven and new earth. So the Bible starts with creation and ends with new creation. In between Genesis and Revelation, we have the redemptive story. We are in between Genesis and Revelation, more especially after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. Most of the time, this time is referred to as the last days. So we live in the last days. That started since the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus until when he comes again. Now we turn to our passage this morning, to the book of Revelation. So what God started in the book of Genesis is reaching its climax in the passage that was read for us. What God started in the book of Revelation, it's reaching its completion here in the book of Revelation. Remember this quote by one scholar. The story of the Bible is about God's people under God's rule in God's place. So that's the summary of the story of the Bible. It's God's people under God's rule in God's place. This was true in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And this is true in our passage this morning. That's the end game of everything when God comes again. So what we have here in the book of Revelation is John giving us a vision to help us keep going. We have all been in the situation where it's hard to keep going. We've all been in a situation where we kind of get stuck. We've all been in a situation where it's just too much. But then when you think of maybe the responsibilities that you have, when you think maybe of the family that you look after, when you think of your children, your kids, your spouse, your fiancé, whatever motivates you, when you think about that, that thought keeps you going. This is what we have here in the book of Revelation. This book was initially addressed to first century churches in the seven cities of the Roman province of Asia, now Turkey. We read that in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4. These churches stand as representatives of all Christ churches all over the world. 
What was going on through these churches where they were threatened by false teachings? We read that in chapter 2, verse 6 and verse 15 of Revelation. These churches were threatened by persecution. We read that in chapter 2, verse 10 and 13. They were threatened by compromise with idolatry and immorality. We read that in chapter 2, verse 14, verse 20 and 21. And these churches were threatened by spiritual complacency. We read that in chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, and verse 15 to 17. And these were real threats for the church and for all the believers back then and even for us today. When you're going through all these kind of threats, persecution, and all kind of all others that I've mentioned, it's so easy for us as believers just to give up, just as it would have been the case for these first century churches. But in this vision, John is giving us the end picture to help us keep going day after day. The thought of what Christ has done for us and what he has prepared for us keeps us going. It's not easy, but when we think of what he has done and what he is preparing for us, that motivates us to live for him yet for another day. What is that that Christ has done for us? Well, the Bible tells us that he died our death to redeem us so that we can be called his children. He conquered Satan on that cross when he died for our sins. As we sit here this morning, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are God's children. Why? Because of what Christ has done for us. And that's not depending on anyone's merit, but depending on Christ, on who he is and what he has done for us. It does not matter where you are from. It does not matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what background you come from. It's all because of who he is. And what is that he has prepared for us? Well, we read from Revelation, a new heaven and a new earth. You remember that in the Old Testament, Jerusalem was the closest one could get in earth to the glory of God. In the Old Testament, There was the temple in Jerusalem. That was the symbol of God's presence, God's dwelling amongst his people. Now Jesus has prepared for us a new Jerusalem, a real thing, where we will be in the presence of God. We will enjoy his fellowship. We will be with him. We will see him as he is. We will worship him. We will serve him. We will be like him, like Jesus, when we meet him. So there's hope for some of us who do not go to gym to know that our six-pack will be in heaven. We will be like Jesus. We will be like him. And of course, I know that it is difficult for us to conceive the idea which is a reality to come of a living in a world where there is no sin. It's so hard for us to imagine just for a second Living in a world where there is no sin. Why? Because we were born in this sinful world. 
All we know is the sinful realities of this world. Yet John is telling us that a sinless new Jerusalem is waiting for all believers. It is a reward for all they have endured. So the knowledge of what awaits for us intends to encourage us, to motivate us to remain faithful in the present time. Suffering is here. Suffering is part of the journey. But when we think of what is ahead, we are encouraged to keep going yet another day to live for him. So the Bible says that the new Jerusalem, the holy city, the new heaven and the new earth is the place where God will finally reverse the curse that entered the world through human sin. Think about it. In verse 1 of, uh, of, of uh, Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And here the sea is just a symbol of all that earthly rebellion against God. The sea is a symbol of the forces of chaos. Basically what verse 1 is telling us is that in heaven... Peace will be reigning forever. The peace that we have all been longing for, we will have it. Verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Every tear will be wiped away from all our tears, from all our eyes. All the pain, all the hurt due to the brokenness of this world will finally end. Death will be no more. No more mourning, no more crying for whatever reason. This is such a wonderful truth to know that helps us to keep going. I do not know what is going on right now in your life. You might be going through some really challenging life situation because of the world that we live in, so broken it is, so sinful it is. It could be that you are going through losses in your family. You've lost loved ones. In fact, last Sunday after church, the pastoral team went to see a brother from the church whose sister tragically passed away in a car accident. This Sunday after church, we are going to see another brother whose father passed away. That's a reality of the world we live in. It could be that you are going through sickness that is crippling you. You've been seeing the doctors. They've been trying to help, but you're still down. You don't know what to do. It could be that you are going through some mental issues. It's a reality. It's there. You're always down. You are depressed. You don't know what to do. In the midst of all these things that we might be going through, isn't the wonderful truth when we read verse 4 to know that whatever you are going through does not have the, the last word? God has written the last chapter of your life. 
this last chapter is about eternal joy for those who love him, for those who have trusted in him. And here is the thing. We do not have much details as to how that will play out in heaven. But what he has given us is enough to know how wonderful it will be in heaven beyond our imagination. He doesn't give us a step by step as to how heaven will look like. But he just tells us that heaven will be wonderful. And again, think about it. So all we know is sin from this world. We are finite beings. Even when the infinite God is trying to communicate us, he's just trying to use a language that we can at least relate to. And him using that language is just telling us that heaven will be fantastic. Verse 2, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. One question for us to answer, who is the bride? Let's turn to Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 9. Revelation 19, 6 to 9. It reads as follows. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of many pearls of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. He was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. When we read verse 7 especially, what we find there, the idea of the bride is the corporate image of God's redeemed people of all time. That's a bride. It's a glorified church, the triumphant church cleansed by Jesus himself. And the image of bride is not new in the Bible. When we turn to the Old Testament, passage like Ezekiah 16 and verse 10, we read that Israel is said to be the bride of Yahweh. So the church redeemed is the bride, and the lamp is the groom. If we have come to trust in Jesus, together with other believers, we are the bride of Jesus. Not sure if you've thought of yourself to be the bride for a second. Why this picture of marriage? Well, you will know more than I that marriage is a picture of intimacy. It is actually the most intimate of human relationships. And I must make a disclaimer here. I'm not speaking as someone who has experienced it or someone who knows it. This is what the Bible is telling us. I'm still single. 
But the Bible is telling us that marriage is the most intimate of human relationships. In fact, yesterday, David and myself uh, were conducting a, a marriage of one of the, our church members. And uh, if you are here also, you are aspiring for marriage and you are ready, you can come speak to me or to any of the ministers. We'll help you take that next step. Um, it's for free, by the way. This is your church family. So when David was reading from the prayer book, this is what he reminded the couple He reminded them that marriage is a holy and honorable relationship established by God himself before the fall of man, and it represents the spiritual union between Christ and his church. That's what marriage is all about. So God has chosen the human marriage as a picture of our relationship between Christ and us, Christ and the church. This picture of marriage shows the intimate relationship we are going to have with Christ in the end time when he returns. And yet, we begin to prepare ourselves for that relationship now. How do we prepare ourselves for that relationship? Well, two things we'll be looking at. First of all, by persevering in our witness... Second, by getting to know him now. So one, persevering in our witness. Again, chapter 19 and verse 10 reads as follows. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of the prophecy. So this is what the angel is telling John, to worship God. They hold to the testimony about Jesus. So persevering in our witness involves sharing our faith. And again, the picture of marriage is helpful here. I've had the privilege to walk the journey with some good friends who got engaged and eventually got married. So when the bride-to-be and the groom-to-be are engaged, it's just natural that they have to inform the relevant people about the wedding that is about to come. Because if you do not do that, then you'll be getting this question, when is the D-Day? You guys have been engaged. The same is true with our engagement period as a bride to Christ. It will be strange not to tell people about our wedding to come. We proclaim who the groom is. We announce Jesus to the world. Of course, this is not always easy. It comes with a cost. But because we are engaged to him, we are to proclaim him. People need to know where we stand. That is why we need to persevere. Because it comes with a cost. 
The second way we prepare ourselves for marriage with Christ is by getting to know Christ now. Getting to know him now. Again, just like during the engagement period, the bride-to-be and the groom-to-be continue to get to know each other very well. They need to spend time together. They need to go on dates. They need to send each other WhatsApp messages, calling each other WhatsApp videos. The same is true in our task now to increase our knowledge of Christ on a very personal level. How do we do that? Well, we need to spend time with Christ. We need to go on a date with him. He has sent us the ultimate WhatsApp message that we all need to know about him. He has given us his written word. The Bible is available to us. There is no other way for us to get to know him better than reading, than spending time in his word. And just like engaged people, they delight in receiving each other's message. Of course, when they are not fighting. The same is true with us. We also need to delight in reading his word. And the more we spend time reading his word, the more we get to know him better and the more we delight in him. We also need to be sending him WhatsApp messages to update him on how we are and how things are going in our lives. How do we do that? Well, we do that when we pray. We speak to him. A prayer that is based on his word. We bring our request to God based on what God has said in his word. So reading the word and praying are really the very basics when it comes to what characterizes a believer. And yet, they are very crucial because they are important for us to get to know Jesus better. And the third ingredient for us getting to know Christ is our obedience to him, which shows our trust in him. And we move on. Just as there's an engagement ring, when you are engaged, you have a ring. The same way Jesus has given us a ring, he has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. As we read in Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14, we belong to him. He will never break the engagement that he has done with us. That's Jesus. The Holy Spirit will lead us. The Holy Spirit will guide us spiritually. The Holy Spirit will guarantee our future wedding that is to come. That's what he has done with us, his bride. So when I was spending time just reading all this um, passage in Revelation, this idea of bride engagement, wedding, I think now I'm qualified to give advice when it comes to engagement and wedding. (laughs) So fellow single people, if you need advice, 
you're more than welcome. It's for free. Back to our passage, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to 4. So we see that in all these things, God is the one who initiated the relationship with us. The Bible is clear that God chose us before the creation of the world to be his. We didn't choose him, but he chose us. And because he has done that, my prayer for us is that I pray that the Lord will give us grace to trust him, to make sure we are really engaged to him. Verse 2, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. All this idea, new Jerusalem, New city, the bride, they all symbolizes the triumphant church that has been redeemed by Jesus. The bride has been made ready by God himself. We also find all the same idea in the Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 8, verse 10, we have this same idea. God is the one who clothes his bride. Christ is the one who prepares us. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, same idea. It is so interesting. um, The day before maybe the wedding, when you see the bride, when she's running up and down, for all the prep for the wedding, you will see her in the in the flops, maybe wearing a, a jeans, a shirt. She's trying to make sure that things are fine on the day before. And then comes the wedding day, when you see her, she is stunning. You wonder if that is the same person you saw the previous day. The bride has been prepared. The bride is ready for the wedding. This is the kind of preparation that Christ does for us. He presents us before God without any blemish, without any default. All his righteousness is upon us when we stand before the Lord on that wedding day, that day that we are all looking for. We are the bride of Jesus. And as I end our time together, before we sing our last song, I just want us to reflect on this question, individually, personally, in your heart. Are you the bride of Jesus? Are you the bride of Jesus? If not, wouldn't today be a great day for you to make that step in becoming the bride of Jesus? And it does not demand you anything. It's just you in your heart asking God, Lord, I want to be your bride. I want to see you on that wedding day, the day that we've all been longing for, where all pain, all hurts, All mourning will cease. You won't lose anything by making that step. 
but you will gain everything. Second, if you are a bride, are you getting to know him more? That's for all of us. If you've come to trust in Jesus, if you are the bride, are you getting to know him more and more? Are you spending time on a date with him as you read his word, as you speak to him? And my prayer to all of us this morning is that God will give us grace to long for that day when we will be with him, we will be like him, when we will see him. Let's bow our head and reflect on this word for a few seconds as the music team comes forward to lead us in the last song before I pray for us. Are you the bride of Jesus? If you are the bride of Jesus, are you getting to know him more? Lord Jesus, we acknowledge that we have failed you at many times, even as your bride. But we thank you that you have forgiven us, you've washed us, you've sealed us, you are preparing us for that day when we will be with you, when we will meet you. Lord, we also acknowledge that there are many people among us, maybe friends, maybe families, who are not yet your bride. Lord, we want to pray for them this morning. We pray that you will do a miracle in their lives, that your Holy Spirit, in a very miraculous way, will touch their hearts so that they will come to know you for who you really are, the Lamb, the Lion who became the Lamb for our sake. So, Lord, as we will long for that day when we'll be with you, that very day, Lord, we pray that you will help us to continue to trust in you day after day, especially as we read from this book of Revelation, which is meant to help us take the next step each and every day towards you. May your Holy Spirit continue to encourage us. May your Holy Spirit continue to strengthen us. May your Holy Spirit continue to break our hearts for what breaks yours until when we'll be with you that pride without any blemish. In your precious name we pray. Amen.